off my feet You erased my history You took all of me And filled it up with you Hello, I am Patricia McLean, founder and president of the Maine-based nonprofit organization Finding Our Voices, and this is Let's Talk About It, conversations about intimate partner abuse with the people who are affected by it. Today, my guests are Kathy and Nikki. Kathy and Nikki started cleaning my house a few months ago and they do an amazing job. At my house, they clean around a lot of promotional materials for my group that breaks the silence of intimate partner abuse. And when I explained one piece of this material to them, it came out that Kathy watched Nikki over a period of just a few months so lose herself during a marriage that this woman that Kathy describes as very independent reported to her she had to call her by the new first name her husband had just given her. They came to my house to talk about it on a rare free morning, and during our conversation about Nikki's plight, it came out that Kathy had her own story of being pulled in and tormented and trapped by the person claiming to love her. I'm Kathy, and I'm 62 years old. And I've actually been married twice <laughs> and divorced twice. And I just as soon not say where I live. Okay. And Nikki? I'm Nikki, 38 years old from the Mid Coast area from Maine, born and raised. Married twice, divorced once. Nikki, can you just tell us, like, a little bit about that relationship? Well, first of all, how long ago was it? Oh, Lord, back in 2014, I think. Yeah, about six years, that sounds right. Yeah. And could you tell me about how you met this guy? Through work. We had a mutual client that we worked for, and, you know, at that point... People my age, they didn't understand me. So I was like, oh, somebody older. We hit it off at first, and it just went from there. How old were you, and how old was he? Oh, Lord. I was too young, and he was like... You were 32, and he was he's my age. Yeah. There's 30 years between the two of you? There was 21 years between us. Oh, my goodness. And when you say, what kind of work were you doing at the time? Mental health. Counseling, or...? Um, DSL. Daily living support. Okay. What was your impression of him when you met him? Um, God, all I want to do is puke now. Um, I don't know. The negative overweighs anything that I could have even possibly felt. I couldn't even muster up any words to say. because Right now? Yeah. Because it's so horrible. He's just... But initially, Nick, you remember he was charming. I mean, he was thoughtful. Yeah. He was taking you out all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's easier if, Kathy, you describe how he was well. at the beginning. <laughs> Did you know Nikki at the time? I, Nikki and I have known each other forever, and okay. we've worked together for about 10 years. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're pretty close. And, I mean, she was excited at first. It was great for her to have somebody who 
sort of treated her like a queen. Really? Yeah. And what do you remember about that? Just, just that he was, he was thoughtful. He was considerate. He was, you know, he was taking was her out thought. and doing, you know, whatever she wanted to do and going out for meals and just false advertisement. <laughs> do you remember her yes. being excited about any particular places he had taken her? Oh, mostly just, you know, to different restaurants, places that she'd never been able to afford to go by herself. We went to New York. We took the kids, but it was miserable. But that was afterward. Yeah. All right, let's still talk about the beginning. The honeymoon was not that grand. I should have ran. So Nikki married him. How long were you guys together? Three months. Just about three months before they got married. What was the three months like? Was that all great? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought where he was older, he was... You know, had his ways, set in his ways. He was going to be who he was going to be. He wasn't going to be like all the other younger fellas or my age. So at that point, I had been like, okay, older must be better. He was just very attentive at first. He was very attentive and just, if Nikki wanted to do something, they would do it. He seemed like Prince Charming. Kathy, were you happy for Nikki at the time? I was so happy for her because, well, until they got married and I had her little wedding reception at my house and he was still charming and everything else but he seemed very controlling right at the reception right at the reception and what did you pick up on him as far as controlling um well where nikki sat (laughs) for one thing if she was talking to someone he would be right there to see what she was talking about that sort of thing and was nikki different at the reception than she usually appear- was to you? Was her behavior already different to you? She was submissive, which is not Nikki <laughs> at all. Oh, okay. So that was how she was behaving at the reception. That was oh, right. That already word, starting to. He wanted me to be that way. Mm. Yep. And then within a week or two. Just things that were fine before me being me weren't fine anymore. And when did that happen? At the wedding reception or before? I say once he married me, mm. he had what he wanted. He had done what he had to do to get me to that point mm-hmm. and then boom. And then what was like the honeymoon life right after you, after the reception? Yeah, well, when you cry on your honeymoon, it's not that good. Where was the honeymoon? Florida. And was any of it good, even in the beginning? Trips to the ocean were all right, but the bathing suits, I could no longer wear a two-piece. I had to wear a one-piece. He was telling you that on the honeymoon? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, oh, why don't you flash somebody? And I'm like, oh, really? Want me to? And I was going to, and that was it. That was that. And there goes... What are you doing? You're supposed to be my wife. That's he told you to body. flash somebody as a joke, and you did it probably as a joke, and then he... Oh, I didn't even get to do it. Like He's like, you're, you're going to do that. That's your body and mine, and you're not supposed... Like, it was just from there, and from then on, it was belittling. It started with me, then it started with my friends. It just kept going. Did you have kids at that point? Mm-hmm. How old were they? Oh, eight and twelve. Eight and twelve. <sighs> Honestly, they were okay with it in the beginning because he treated them nice in the beginning. Mm, like what kind of things did he do with it for them? He would, you know, go out with us or just shopping or, you know. He bought them things? Yep. Mm-hmm. And took them out to eat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
things that I said, you know, they're not used to all this, like electronics and stuff like that. Yep, he went out and bought them that stuff, and then, yeah, it was awful. And when was the first indication from your kids that they didn't like him? Did that happen before the wedding, or was it all after the wedding? All know? after. Yeah. Like, it came to the point where he was jealous of my children, because mm. I split the custody 50-50 with their father one week for me, one week for them. That's mm -hmm. how it's always been, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And... um the week they were there, if I spent more attention on my children, that was a no-no. He thought that my attention wasn't all focused on him and that I spent way too much time with my children. Was when he... Nikki wasn't there, he would make the children stay in their rooms. He wouldn't allow them out of their rooms. It got to the point where they weren't allowed out of their rooms to get something to eat or go to the bathroom. They had to stay there until Nikki got home. And his full-grown children lived there. Mine, yeah. His full-grown children are my age. So I had stepchildren that were my age who all disrespected me. And if I said to one of them, hey, why don't you um, take your laundry out of the washing machine, put it in the dryer, it's going to get smelly. It was all about his full-grown children. And I'm like, you know, they've got to go. And no. Who was paying for these kids? Who was supporting them? Who was paying for the groceries? Us. You or him or both of you? Yeah, well, I wasn't allowed to work, so except for one day a week, and then supposedly I was out cheating. So, so had you been working together before the marriage? Mm -hmm. Doing what were you doing together? Working. Clean. What we're doing Same now thing. is that both Taking. your company? Do you own that together? Yes. So um, let's t let's turn to Kathy for a second. Kathy, tell me what you recall of how you saw Nikki change. As soon as they got married. He decided that she was no longer Nikki. She had to be Nicole. So she came to work one day and told you that her name was different she, now? Yes. She said, from now on, I'm not Nikki. I am Nicole. Nikki is a child's name. <laughs> said so. Okay. FF said so. <laughs> and how did you feel when you heard that? And I said, well, you know, you've been Nikki to me for years and years, and you're going to be Nikki to me forever, so I'm calling you Nikki. <laughs> He had her convinced. He's, is he an actual psychotherapist? He has his whatever, but yeah. He was always going to school, and he was also going to therapy himself what, two or three times a week. He just convinced her that he could tell what people were like after he had briefly met them for a few seconds. So he had like extra powers and that normal, extra normal powers he made it sound like it sounds like. Yeah, he, like. He, yeah. he made it sound like that and Nikki made it sound like she was buying it. She would repeat what he said, but she wasn't really into it. She wasn't really accepting it. It was, it was like she was fighting with it all the time. And then what, he, did, did Nikki tell you she couldn't work, work with you anymore at a certain point? Yeah. How, what, yeah, that she could that? only work that one day a week. And Did you ask her why? Well, I knew why. She said, so I can only work one day a week. <laughs> and what, were you worried at that point, hearing that? About her? Yes. Yes, because he was controlling her. Did it sound and like I, he, he wanted to take care of her, and that's why she could only work one day a week? Or was it clear that he was No, it her? sounded like he was con trying to control every move she made, even to the point of what she ate. What's the thing about the eating thing, Nikki? Because he was on a diet, because he had to eat special foods, because he got so obese that he started getting diabetes. He got diabetes. So that meant that I couldn't even eat anything that he wasn't eating. Because if I brought him into the house, what a horrible person I was and how I disrespected his whole family. But could you eat those things outside of the house? 
if I ever made it outside of the house by myself, which wasn't often, mm-hmm. I couldn't even walk up the tote road to take my morning walk without him up my butt. <laughs> and then just to, to talk about in the beginning how he used to take you out, did that continue after you were married? Nothing continued. Nothing continued. Like, he was good, and then we got married, and then as the days went on, it just got what was more What was the sexual thing like? Was there anything going on there that was horrible? Or? We did, and then we drove up to Boston, so he didn't have to take little blue pills anymore, and they put a third pump nut in him that he had to pump up. <laughs> <laughs> like... To like 68 pumps. Oh He's like a three pump chump. Oh my god. So it wasn't even, that wasn't even good. So, but I wasn't that person who was in it for money or just sex. I was in it and then it turned out to be completely wrong because I needed the emo, I needed the whole, I wanted the whole package. So, you know, you can let things go. You can, yeah. You didn't care about the other things. You just wanted a decent, nice yes. person. And that's what you thought you were getting. Stable, stability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I was in, it was like a fly in a trap. They ain't getting out. They're getting eaten, swallowed alive. Yeah. Wow. Not good for that fly. Kathy, did you try to I tell Nikki that. that she needed to leave this relationship? Not for a long time. And why is that? Because she's a big girl and... She's tough. <laughs> She's always been tough. I was getting more and more uncomfortable with it all the time. Did you know the that there was, was prob- there were serious problems? Did you know that? Oh, yes. When somebody tries to control what you do, there's a serious problem when you're an adult. I mean, it's yeah, one thing if right. you're a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. But And were you worried about her? I wasn't worried about her physically. I was worried about her emotional health. Was there any physical abuse, Nikki? Nah, just from the friggin' daughter. Oh. So isn't it interesting that this is all so horrible, and yet it's the emotional abuse that a lot of people just say, well, it was only emotional abuse, but look how horrible this was. Oh, the emotional abuse to me would seem to be worse than physical abuse. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure they're both the same. But at some point, back then, I probably would have rather just got punched and been able to be myself than... To be fake and mentally abused. And do you, looking back on it, do you have any sense of how he was able to manipulate you to I don't degree? know what happened to me. I have no idea. Like, I wanted to be normal so bad and just have a, fa- have yeah. a normal family life. Yeah. That I just thought, okay. So. Uh, no. So you think you put up with some things that you shouldn't have? I most because... definitely put up with things. Because one, I had nowhere to go. When I met him, I was on my way to my own apartment that I had saved for. I was living paycheck to paycheck. He's like, no, no, just move in here. And that was that was my mistake. Mm, right there. Yes, because you didn't have your independence at that point. So at that point, he slowly took away my income, my friends. Yeah, because you weren't working now. Everything. So I had nothing. So I'm stuck. And if it weren't for Kathy, I don't know how much longer I'd been stuck. What do you mean about the friends? Did you lose friends over this? I wasn't allowed to have any friends. I wasn't allowed to have Facebook. I wasn't allowed to get on the internet. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to wear clothes any smaller, shorter than my knee. And do you think these were all things that you agreed to to keep the peace? Yeah. Does that sort of sum it up? Yeah. Because what would happen if you did, if you, if you 
disregarded. Just more how bad I am, how disrespectful I am, how I'm this, how I'm that. Just... What kind of things did he just call you or say to you to put you down? Do you remember? He'd just belittle me and talk to me like I was one of his clients that needed the mental health. How about the children? How are they affected, would you say? They're still affected to the point where, I don't know, it's still affecting them. Uh, How long were you with him total? A couple years, unfortunately. And then, going back to Kathy, did she alter more and more during those two years? Yes, but at the, the last probably three or four months, I mean, she started to open up about what it was really like mm. rather than trying to you know hide everything and pretend everything was okay I mean she'd come to work and she'd be crying and just lost and didn't know what to do and one day it got to be way too much and we're working and she's just crying through the whole thing and I don't know what I'm going to do I can't take it anymore I don't know what I'm going to do and I said well what you're going to do is you're going to go back to the house you're going to pack up whatever you need to pack up and the kids, and you're going to come to my house. And you're going to stay there for as long as we need to to get this straightened out. <laughs> Did you have and room in your house at the time? Yeah. Yeah. I had a whole, a whole big upstairs. It was like a separate apartment almost. <clears throat> so and it then, wouldn't have mattered, though. We could have crowded in. And then how long after that did Nikki come to your house? That, that day. That <sighs> night. Oh, wow. yeah. There was no waiting time. <laughs> wow. And... Her and her, the cats and the kids. and Oh, yeah. All three cats. <laughs> How did you get out, Nikki? How did you physically leave the house? Leave? That was a disaster. I packed up my cats. Obviously, my children were at their father's, so they didn't have to deal with any of it. I borrowed a friend's truck, because at this point, we had sold camper, sold our vehicles, and I was supposed to get half of the money for everything to be able to help myself. Nah. Forget about it. I got nothing. But I borrowed a friend's truck, and I packed it all up. I got the cats first. It was, you're not taking the cat unless you can do these cats. So. Whose cats? Did you get the cats while you were in the relationship? Or they were, were they um, just one of them. But there was no way I was leaving that cat. No you left way. Your, you left your cats. Love them. I have them. No way was I leaving them. Yeah. No. No cages. Nothing. Just chuck them in the car. Go to start the truck and it's dead. And I'm like, oh my God. So I finally got it, got it jumped. And when I finally got ready to leave... The window's down. He's literally clinging onto my windows as I'm driving down the road, telling me, don't leave, don't leave, like, like a psycho. Was he crying? Oh, yeah. Was he saying he'd be better? No, he was just saying, don't leave, don't leave. Had he ever cried before in front of you? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, you can't, it's, it's like you can't even talk about him. He's that repulsive to you. He is. He makes literally, my friend Alex sent me a picture because she likes to tease me of him behind him. And she goes, pull over, pull over. And I just like, and I'm like, I want to vomit. Like, wow. when I see him, wow. I literally want to vomit. Do you ever see him? No, not really. But if I do, I give vomit faces. I go. Oh, my God. Now, Nikki and Alex had been best friends for what? 20 years? Forever. Forever and ever. And she wasn't allowed to see Alex. While Alex she was with was him. not supposed to be my friend, which I didn't talk to Alex her. wasn't good enough. Alex was the wrong kind of person. And you didn't talk to her, Nikki? Yep. For how long? The two years. And then... Did you, did you tell her why you weren't talking she to her? Mo- she knew. She moved to Florida for a little bit of that time, so that worked out well. But she always, when I called her up and got a hold of her, she said, 
I thought I'd be the one to help you move out of there. She goes, I've been waiting for you. She goes, I knew you'd be back. She goes, as soon as he was gone. So she knew. She was just waiting, patiently waiting. Yeah, I talked with her a couple of times and said, you know, Nikki still loves you. She's just not Nikki right now. And be patient with her. She'll come back. And um, as far as the other friends, did anybody check in with you and ask you, like, what was going on because you weren't in touch with them? No, wasn't allowed to have friends. We all knew, though. Yeah. I mean, Mike and Maria knew. I knew. Laura knew. Alex knew. She was right up the road, and I didn't see her because he didn't like her either. He didn't like any of my friends. It didn't matter if you were the president. He ain't going to like you. But did anybody, do you think that anyone should have checked in with you more? At I don't think it would have done a bit of difference unless they, like, okay, come, come here and live with me or something. I had no choice. I was literally stuck. So it sounds like the one thing that could have saved you is what Kathy did by offering you a place to come to. That was the thing that you needed. Right, but it took me one day watching the soaps in the bedroom with him. They were getting a divorce on the soaps. So I looked at him and said, I want a divorce too. Oh. He thought I was kidding. I wasn't kidding. How did he react? I don't think he knew how to react. He just kind of dumbfounded, stupid look on his face. How were you able, though? Were you afraid of him physically? No. So you always knew you could leave? Or tell me about that. How did you feel stuck? You were trapped because you didn't have the money and you didn't have a place to live. Physically, you were trapped. But were you emotionally trapped so you didn't know emotionally how you were going to get out of it also? Was that part of it? It's all part of it as you're going through it. After it, looking back, I don't know why I did anything I did. I don't know how another human being belittled me enough to change my name, my clothes, my friends, my life. He took it all away from me. And no, I didn't know how I was going to get it back, but I sat in that room for three months pretty much looking out the window depressed after that day I told him. When Kathy made that offer to you, you were ready to take it, but if she had made it to you a few months earlier, would you have taken her up on it? Probably. My thing was I had to get enough courage to tell him I didn't want to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have courage at first. Do you remember wanting to say that to him but being afraid? Over and over and over and over again. I snapped. The day I saw that inside, inside just snapped and just blurted it out. How perfect. The day that you saw that on the soaps. Like, why is a full-grown man and woman in the house at 2 o'clock in the afternoon watching the soaps? What a life. No. And... Talking about getting the courage, do you remember what you were afraid of? I guess just the outcome of the future. You mean what you would do after you left? Is that what you mean? Or what would you yeah. Mean How am I going to get my life back together? How am I going to get my means to get me going? How am I going to get back on my own feet? I've not been me for so long that... But but it's interesting because before you met him, I'm sure that you were very, you were obviously very capable of doing those things. But then you're in this relationship and you feel like you can't do it. Right. Because he knocked me down, knocked me down, knocked me down. I was definitely not me. So by the end of it, you got to figure mentally I'd already gone through all that. So and then I'm like, finally get my own brain back. Something clicked in. So yeah. Do you remember your first night at Kathy's? Oh, my God. Oh, what a beautiful day that was. <laughs> Just 
Freedom. Just like being reborn every day. Like you can wake up, you can breathe, you can go down and have a cup of coffee and sit by yourself and not worry if somebody's wondering who you're talking to, what you're doing. Like the ability to just sit there and just be free was amazing. Did you notice a difference in your kids once you were out of there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're much happier. They loved it over there. So. How long were you there for? <laughs> <laughs> That's another whole... Yeah. Of... <laughs> it, was, it was a rental house. Yeah. And it sold after, I don't know, a few months. And it however long it was. So. It wasn't so... I, I thought it would never sell. I've been on the market for 10 years, and I've been there for three. So I thought, you know, this place is never going to sell. But it did, and then we had to find another place, and but it all worked out. You found another place, all of you. Yes. <laughs> that was another whole screwed up that, part in our life. Yeah, that was messed up, but that was just life. So how long were you all cohabitating for? I don't know, a year, a year or so? A year, a year or so. And Nikki, is that because it took you that long to get to save up your money to be able to get another place? Well, well, we kind of liked living in the same house. Do you think that if Kathy had not offered you a place to stay, do you think sometimes of what would have happened to you? I don't know what would have happened. I would have been screwed, but I would rather have been screwed sleeping in a cardboard box on the side of the road and the kids stay with their father versus being there. You just had to get out. So I think for most women, a lot of their fear on top of already what they're getting at home is the thought of, well, okay, where do I go? Am I going to be stalked? He stalked me. After I left, he stalked me for a good two months. Tell her what the things that he did. He would stalk me on my walks. He went and he bought the same car that I went out and bought. Same color, same model, same year. Felt the need to message me because he would call me and message me all the time. And I would just ignore, ignore, ignore. And finally, I block, block, block. What were the messages that he was leaving for you? Just he let me know that, you know, when he bought the car, he let me know, what a coincidence, I bought the same car, or just, I don't even remember. Was he asking you to come back? Probably. <laughs> I don't remember. I block a lot of him out, unless something's like said and it clicks a memory in my yeah. head, and I'll be like, oh my God. And did you ever think about calling a domestic abuse agency at the time? No, what are they going to do? Nothing. I don't have proof. I don't have videos. I don't have bruises. So what are they going to do? Nothing. Mm. How about accountability for him for what he did to you? Do you feel like the financially, did you end up on top or on bottom? Financially, I ended up, I got nothing. Tell her about what he did with Except for debt. He took out, when I went to work one day, he took out credit cards in my name because he had my social security number. While you were still married? Yeah. Took them all out. Um, yeah, guess who, guess who has them on our credit report? Guess who's had to pay a few of those off? You you had to pay his credit card debt. Because he put it in my name. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing you could do about it? Nope. Some of this was after, even after they were mm-hmm. divorced, he used credit cards in her name. Mm-hmm. And were those, did those stick even though you were divorced? Mm-hmm. And how much money are we talking about for now? It's like... 7000 and something. So in the beginning, he's making you feel like you're going to be ahead financially by being with him. But in the end... I would suppose, I guess. 
Like, I never asked for money. I didn't, I'm not that person. I don't want your money. If I want it, I'll earn it. Like, right. I've never asked for a handout. But the way he was taking you to restaurants and everything, didn't it sound like you were going to be better off? Taking care of. Yeah, right. taking care of. Do you think there was that sense that he was going to take care of you in the beginning? Well, that's what he wanted. His wife shouldn't have to work. The man provides. Oh, he had that attitude? Yep. So, so yeah, there went my independence. And that's what it was. If I went to work, well, I was independent because I was bringing home an income. So if you take that away, I'm not independent. I'm dependent. Had you ever been in any kind of situation like this before you met him? No. Were you really, you had, you, do you feel like you had ever been in an abusive relationship before? No, just your typical cheaters, haters. Nothing like the mind thing that he did with you. And growing up, did you see any of that abuse? Like... Oh God, growing up, I didn't. I thought everything in my household was normal, a little bit, and then got a little bit older, and I'm thinking, well, this is not normal. There was no like physical abuse, but everybody's a drunkie or an alcoholic, so there's abuse going on all day long. If you think about it, in a sense, if you have children and you're Doing what you are doing, you're abusing your children all the time. So you had it tough. You had it tough when you were growing up. Oh yeah, most definitely. I just wanted normalcy. Mm -hmm. How did your age play against you when you met him? Do you think? I was dumb. I didn't know any better. She's My very mouse. straightforward and very honest, and she expects everybody else is the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when they turn out not to be, it's like a shock for her. I think I always have blinders on. Well, you've got a good heart. So. Right? Would you say that about Nikki? Yes. She has a good heart. She's always trying to help other people out. No matter how her own situation is, she's always trying to help other people. Do you think that you... And that's something else that that guy took away from her for that, for that time. He didn't want her dealing with other people. It was supposed to be just him. That was supposed to be her focus. Yep. So we talked about children. I was fixed. He wanted me to get unfixed. I decided, okay. And then that's when everything started clicking in. That's when the time got closer and closer. I was thinking, wait a minute, I don't think I'm happy. So I said, after, you know, he went online, got the paperwork done, got the financing to go, and I said, I changed my mind. Oh, boy. Was I the most selfish, uncaring Pretty much bitch in the whole entire world. I was going to do it for him, but then I didn't want to do it. And then when I told him I didn't want to do it, I was just evil. How could I do that to him? How could I be that way? How could I get his hopes up and then take everything away from him? It was all about him. Nothing to my feelings. Everything revolved around him. Do you imagine how stuck you'd be if you had a child with him? Oh my God. Kathy, how long did it take before Nikki came back to being herself? Was it a, did it take a while? Oh, no. <laughs> I think she came back to herself that first night she stayed at the house. She watched the kids while they slept, and I could go for a night walk, because I was a person who used to love to walk, and then it turned into I couldn't even walk and get two minutes by myself on my own property. Did you become a lot closer okay. since you lived together? I don't know. I guess I feel like we were always close. Yeah. We've always been, always been good friends. The only time, really, that yeah. he didn't really talk much about her, you know, her personal feelings or life or whatever, was that time with. But that was short-lived.
You are listening to Let's Talk About It, conversations about domestic abuse with the people who are the primary targets, but also with the friends and family who also suffer from these relationships. I am the host, Patricia McLean, founder and president of the Maine-based Finding Our Voices, Breaking the Silence of Intimate Partner Abuse. Let's return now to our conversation with Kathy and Nikki, best friends and co-owners of the best cleaning business around. Okay, so let's talk now about Kathy's relationship. <laughs> so here Which you are. One? <laughs> well, here you are helping Nikki through her abusive relationship. And then when I, a little while ago, I just, you said you had gotten divorced. I said, had it been abusive? You said no. But then it seems like since then, maybe you revisited that answer. Would you consider it abusive? Yes. Nikki, okay, I'm so, going to tell you. Now, and now, now turn to Nikki to see, talk. See, I think People sometimes see you better than you see you. Yes. And mm. I think she, towards the middle of it, started being mentally abused when he would take off and not call her, not contact her. Weeks turned into months. No communication. Wow. I tell her that's abuse. Don't deal with it. But like the rest of us, stuck it out and figured, eh, she's too nice. She lets him walk all over her. She did. She's not anymore, finally. Finally. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> How long was that? My first marriage lasted 30 years. Was and that, the first 15 were great. Yeah. And then... My husband was bipolar, and I didn't know that. And about 15 years into it, he was always very nasty to his children, off and on, to his mother, to his family. The closer the person was to him, the nastier he would act toward them. Name-calling, that sort of kind of thing. About 15 years into the marriage, he started acting like that with me, calling me stupid, calling me dumb, lazy. Oh, my God. He, he wouldn't work. He just, like, mentally lost it. I did not know that he was bipolar. I did not know he had mental issues. I thought he was just being a jerk. And I tried to make it work for another 15 years. I I just got tired of being called stupid lazy when I was the only one working. I don't know how he thought we paid the rent. I really don't know or paid the mortgage. You did it. You paid it all. Yeah. (laughs) Because he wouldn't work. I didn't know that he mentally couldn't. I thought he just giving, didn't want to. Do you think you're giving him an excuse by talking about the mental illness? Um, I think I'm giving myself an excuse by talking about the mental illness because I really stayed in that relationship far longer than I should have. Right in that last time part is when I met my second husband, and he was charming, he was sweet, he was taking me out all the time, and it was so nice to have someone respect the fact that I worked my fanny off He loved that I worked like a mule because he just thought that a relationship should be equal financially and every other way should be equal. And did he pull his weight the second Um, Not particularly because I had to rent a house. I I gave my first husband everything. I said, just take it. I got the clothes on my back. I got my car. I'm out of here. Bye. Wow. (laughs) And I walked out with pretty much nothing. So when I met my second husband, I just... It was nice to be treated like a lady and not being called a dumb four-letter word that begins with a C that I'm not going to say out loud. Oh, the first the one time. called you that a lot. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, I'm, you're nothing but a dumb, you know what? He called you the C word how many times? Hundreds of words? Oh, I don't say? know. I don't know. I gave up. 
When I met him, he had two kids. When I met my first husband, he had two kids that were little. They were pretty young. And they used to fight about who got to sit beside me and stuff. I, I mean, they you. were like, oh, yeah, we still do. We're, we still are very close. I'm very close with my stepkids. But I'm not supposed to call them that because it makes my daughter cry. <laughs> I'm supposed to call her my daughter, not my stepdaughter. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we had some rough spots when they were younger, and I think part of the reason that I stuck it up then was because of the kids. Did he try to control you? Later on, he would insist that I wasn't working, that I was out fooling around. Um, I don't know how he thought the bills got paid if I wasn't out working. I don't know how he thought I came up with money and how we ate. I just, I have no idea how he thought all those things happened. But yeah, he was always accusing me of messing around and accusing my friends of uh, um, covering for me. Did he try to isolate you? Not really. He didn't mind my having friends. He didn't mind me doing stuff with my friends. And I took classes all the time. I was always taking classes and meeting new people. And in fact, I worked with a law firm as a private investigator for about 10 years. Yeah, and um, I was always going out of town with the guys. Did he lie, and, did but, he lie in the relationship? I'm just trying to think oh, yeah. of all these abusive things that he might have been doing. Well... I'm not sure about that first part, but I know he lied afterward. Okay. What was he lying about? He lied about pretty much everything. <laughs> really? And, yeah. Wow. And apparently he was always quite a liar because his mom told me, well, you can tell when he's lying, just look at his eyes. You got right. rid of him, you got into this I, other relationship, and how was the next relationship? He was charming at first, and then how did it turn? Um, he was charming at first, but he was, he was very controlling. He was the one who wanted to... Um, choose who you were with and when you were with them. And when did that happen? He worked out of town. You st you, the last you, know, you told me is that he, he was a nice soon super guy. So tell me about how, the, how that developed. So I'll, I had to find a place to live. So I found this rental house. And I had already met him before I found the house. He started kind of moving stuff in, his own stuff. How long had you been together with from at that point? Just a couple of weeks, right? I mean, it wasn't very long at all. What did you think about that? And, well, I said, well, if, if you're going to be moving in, you're going to pay half of the rent. Good for you. <laughs> Bearing in mind that he made about twice what I make, he said, well, um, he was only there four days a week because he worked out of town four days a week. Don't and tell me he said he's going to pay less because he's not so, there all the time. You got it. He shouldn't have to pay that. He should only pay, have to pay like half of half because he was only there half of the time. And I wasn't too crazy about that, but I said, okay, if, if that's what you think is fair, fine. When we were like first going out before he moved in with me. It was like we were, we were going out, we were having a good time and he was very charming and it's like sex was like on the top of his list. Like it was mine, and I mean, my husband and I had been living in the same house and separated for three years, so, so it, felt nice it had been a that. while. Yeah. <laughs> so it was nice to have somebody who was interested in me as a sexual person, as well, you know, as well as a sure. person. But so we lived together for about three years. There were a lot of indications that things weren't great. One of my best friends happens to be a guy that I have known since I was eleven years old. My second husband didn't like. The fact that we were, I was good friends with a guy because that was another man in the relationship. And he insisted that at some point that 
this guy and I had had a sexual relationship. But it wasn't true. He insisted. No, it wasn't true. And uh, he demanded that I confess and apologize. Oh, my God. For this. He was always in my phone, seeing who I'd talked to and that kind of stuff. We'd be at work on a job site, and he would come bring fresh homemade cookies, that kind of thing. And I thought he was being sweet. He was trying to make sure that I was where I said I was going to be. Wow. When I was there. I mean, yeah. Nikki, did you there sense was a lot of that? that. Did, you, did you sense there was something wrong in the relationship Not before Kathy did? Until, not until he started pulling his not calling, not talking, acts. disappearing act. Okay. I'm an old-fashioned girl. I think, you know, when your man comes home, it's nice to have the house clean. It's nice to have a meal on the table. So he'd get home from, you know, his shifts, his four-day shifts, and uh, I'd have a meal all ready and all of that kind of stuff, and uh, he wouldn't come home. Oh, my God. And I'd wait, and I'd wait, and I'd wait, and it would get to be 8, 9 o'clock, and I'd call or send him a message. And at that point in time, he was still responding. Oh, he'd say, no, I've got to work extra shifts or something. About the second year, he started disappearing for like four days at a time, a week at a time, and I would text him and stuff, and I'd get the same reply back, working. And, okay. Did you know about this at this point, Nikki? Oh, yeah. I tell Nikki everything. I told her Right from the beginning. She said, that's weird. That's weird. That's That's something wrong with him. He shouldn't be doing that. What was he doing, do you think, in those disappearing eyes? I have no idea. Yeah, do you and think he was cheating? Oh, I doubt it. Oh, okay. From the day we got married, though, he refused to sleep with me. He started sleeping on the couch. The, you said the you had day. a great sex life in the beginning. We did. That's one of the reasons I married him. <laughs> but The day after the, you got married? The day we got married, from that day forward, he slept on the couch. Are you kidding and we were still We were married for two, a little over two years. And you had no sex for the two years? No. To the point where she had to get it. Well, a girl's got to take care of herself. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and I don't even want that deleted. (laughs) No, need a vibrator? Yeah, I mean, you've got to use it or you lose it. We're human. Did you see that she was very upset about about it? And did you give her any advice about divorcing him? Well, I'm pretty sure as times went on. As the times went on. When you get a chance to throw something in here and there. Like, I don't want to be that friend who's like 24 7 because she's just, just gonna stop listening you mean all the time saying leave him leave him yeah. yeah i mean because you know we all have to decide for ourselves and or after the fact we're like why didn't you slap me oh but nikki without you to dump on i would have i wouldn't have survived i mean so. i would have just gone crazy because she let me run on about it so after a little after about a month he comes walking in the door one day, one night after work, and says, what do you got planned for dinner? Wow. I said, you've got to effing be kidding me. You've been gone for a month. Oh, my God. The barn roof blew off. I had to fix it by myself. We rented another house based on two incomes. He left me with everything. The rent, the yard, the oh animals, everything to deal with by myself. Okay? And the utilities, the, you know, the whole nine yards. And we rented this place based on two incomes. So wow. I have been living like by the skin of my teeth for the last couple of years. 
But anyway, um, and his idea of contributing food was to go to Bell's Liquidation and buy a five-gallon bag of spinach because I like spinach. And he thought he was giving me a great gift. You know, it's half-rotted stuff that they get at those liquidation places. It's where the nursing homes go to buy food for their poor residents. I know, isn't that disgusting? Um, and that's true. I don't know why I let him come back in that time. I really don't. Because we still didn't talk about anything. And every we would plan to do something fun. We went down to the Damascata Pumpkin Fest the next year. And all, these, all this time, he's like doing his disappearing act. You know, every six or eight weeks, he'd do a little disappearing act. But we'd like go out for dinner or go out to do a shopping trip or something like that. And while we were out and supposedly having a good time, he'd say something like, well, I still have questions. And I said, what do you mean you still have questions? And he'd say, well, I still know that you've got something going on with Lee. So you've had something going on with every good time. He would ruin every single good he just time. Have a good time. And on top of that, he'd never bring his own money. It would always come out of her pocket. Really? He'd say, oh, it's hot. I don't feel like um, having the stove going, and I know you really don't feel like cooking. You've had a long day. Let's go out to get something to eat. And I'd say, sure. And we'd get to the restaurant, and he'd say, oh, I hope you brought money. I didn't have a chance to get to the credit union. 2017 is when he disappeared for the month, or 2018. 2019, he disappeared for two months. He took off the 1st of August, and he did not, he came back the end of October. <laughs> two whole months with no communication whatsoever. By now I'm used to it. I don't think he's hanging from a rope somewhere. I think, okay, this man is crazy. So um, I sent him a message, a text message that said, um, that I was filing for divorce. I said, do you want to share a lawyer so it's cheaper for both of us, or do you want to get your own? Mm -hmm. And he still tried to come back after that, walk in the house and say, what do you got planned for dinner? The same thing. And I said, nothing, you're out of here. I'm done with you. Good. You're gone. How did you make out in the divorce? Did you again suffer financially? I let him have whatever he wanted, pretty much. I said, you know, tell me what you want, take it, get. But meanwhile, he had, unbeknownst to me, between the time that we filed for the divorce and the divorce was final, he retired. He bought a place in Florida without telling me. And uh, I was the only one who showed up in court for the divorce hearing. So, so you got... And I, got, I, I pretty much just let him have his stuff, and I took my stuff. And did it, did it even out in the end, do you think, as far as, did you lose money from being in the relationship? Uh, yes, she did. And she even gave him $500 I recently. bought stuff that he had that was his. He had left at the house. He had no place for, and that was just a couple of months ago. Which technically, after the divorce, he didn't take what he didn't want. Was hers. Was hers anyway. So she essentially paid $500, and then he turned around and started playing the next round in as Kathy's life turns. <laughs> um, let's see what I can get after the fact. Let's see how many people she knows I can threaten. And he's been going around threatening. And, and the, so that's what you're dealing with now. It, yeah, he's been my landlord. He's gone to talk to my... He told, he's told everybody a different story. He told my sister that he still loves me and he wants me back. When he first came back in end of May, middle of June, whenever it was, he said... He came to the house, and, you know, we talked, and he said he missed the dog, and he knows, my, he knows the dog is my heart. So 
that's one of the things that he uses. He brought the dog a toy, that kind of stuff. So he's still he's still plaguing you. So it's not he, over. Oh, he's still plaguing me. It's it's not over. When he first came back, he was, wanted to get back together again, and I said, you know, we can go out for dinner. We can try to be friends and stuff, but you know, we're not gonna we're not going to get back together as a couple. That's not going to happen. And then he just started doing all this other stuff. To the point where today, as we speak, she won't go for now anywhere overnight or at nighttime so that she can be in her house so she can monitor things that might be happening, sneaking over, stalking. So I, um, let's move forward to basically, he's a loser. And oh, he's still God. stalking you. He's still harassing you. The park kept the, I was, when I went to work a week or so ago, a week ago yesterday, he was parked up the road about a mile, pulled over. I mean, I've seen him. I'm never home. I work all the time. And I've, I've seen him go by. And I write it down every time. And I had to file a protection from trespass. No trespassing notice on him so that he couldn't come there when I'm, when I'm gone. Because I, I changed the front door lock. Because he, had, he never would give me back the key. He wouldn't give me the post office key back. So I actually had the post office box rekeyed mm-hmm. so that, because <laughs> I wanted to keep my same number. It was much easier for me. And I did change the lock on the front of the house. But he came, one of the times he was coming over to get his stuff, because even after, when he came back from Florida, I let him come in. I let him get whatever he wanted. There were, you know, he said a few personal things that he still wanted. And he loaded up the car like four or five times. And I did not pay attention when he was there doing stuff. I just, you know, let him get his stuff and get out of here. But one day, one day he asked me why I kept the house locked up like Fort Knox when I was gone. And I had asked him not to come there when I was gone. So apparently he had been because he knew I kept the house locked. When I paid him the $500 for stuff that was already legally mine, <laughs> um, I went in the room where I keep I keep some cash on hand usually, and I went in the room where I cap up and closed the door. And when I came out, he said, I don't know why you closed the door. I know where you hide all your stuff. So apparently he'd been poking around, not just... It's hard to get rid of these and, people, isn't it? And my phone, which I had had here on my planner, was here on a newspaper. So I know he'd been looking in my phone while I was in there. Still... We're divorced. It's not we, ended. Kathy, did you go to Nikki's wedding? This her the wedding little, just a, yeah a few weeks ago. Oh yes. yes, absolutely. And what was that like? How did you feel? Wonderful. About that? Oh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I've known her husband since she met him. Yeah, because we were living in the same place when she met him. We were living together. So and what do you I've think known about him ever him? since? Oh, he's a sweetheart. He's such a great guy and. He loves her kids and, well, his kids. His kids. Sorry. <laughs> and they love him. Um, he's taught them so much, like fishing and hunting and he spends a lot of time with meals together. We all talk. And, and Nikki, after the rarage, still good? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> just complete. <laughs> so it's still good. Oh, yeah. It just completed us. That's all. Yeah. And no red flags. None. He is who he is. He's genuine. He's authentic. He's he's mine. So you found a good one. Yes. And what do you hope for Kathy in that regard? I hope she stays by herself and just tends to herself and 
worries about her. And if Mr. Wright shows up, I'll be there to be like, no, or yeah, or, you know, let's spend some time with him. <laughs> I had a date. When was it? Oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I dated this guy a couple of times. I felt like he was um, okay, but nobody I, you know, really wanted any big relationship with. Super Bowl was coming up, so he said, well, why don't I come over and watch the Super Bowl with you? And I said, well, I'm not planning on watching the Super Bowl. And he says, well, why don't I come over and we'll watch it and we'll make some burgers and stuff like that. After I'd already said I wasn't into it. And I said, okay. Not a very so good listener. I had Nikki and Sean come over, too. And, well, I guess Olivia came. Nikki's oldest daughter came, too. And uh, Nikki, we were out in the kitchen. Nikki said, no. Not that one. That was not for you. And I already knew that anyway because he virtually f- pushed himself right. into my house. Okay. You know? But Nikki and Sean had to leave because Nick, Sean had to work in the morning. And, you know, he gets close to me on the couch and he puts his hand on my knee. And I take it off. And, uh, and then he puts his hand up further. And I take it off and I slam it down pretty good. <laughs> and I said, now it's time for you to go. Mm-hmm. And... I got to escort him out the door. Everything that he had brought with him that was left over, like a few slivers of onion and stuff, he took. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and then he tried to push me up against the wall and kiss me. Oh, my God. And I s- swore a little bit, and I said, you get your effing ass out of this house now. Mm-hmm. I was very angry. I got him out of the house. I said, man, Nikki was right on. <laughs> That's the thing about dating is... There are so many of those out there that it's like, and how do you know? But I would rather be alone at this point than with anybody who's going to try to make my life miserable or control me or yeah, I'm perfectly it? content alone. Mm-hmm. I can eat what I want when I want. How you want. How I want. And get up. If I feel like getting up at four o'clock in the morning and doing a little writing, that's the other thing that my second ex used to do, he would sleep on the couch, but he would come and stare at me, open the bedroom door and stare at me. And in the middle of the night. Creepy. I mean, he was, it was very creepy. It was very weird. But his ex, his first ex-wife, who is now, she's, she's dead also. And he blamed everything that went wrong with their marriage on her. Another red flag when they complain about, you know, are critical of their exes. Mm -hmm. I actually had an opportunity to read his um, first divorce complaint. And one of the things that she talked about, she moved, bought a different car, and he still found out where she was and followed her around. Same stalking that he's doing to you The same kind of stalking thing. She used to get one of her daughters or a friend to go grocery shopping with her. Because if she came out of the grocery store, there he would be. Oh, my God. That kind of stuff. And he said that was all lies. That, that never happened. Of course. He said he never held a gun to her head. She said um, that he did? Yes. Ooh. Was there any gun, guns in your relationship with him? No. Wow. Didn't get to no, that and, point yet. No, and I don't know if it will or not. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how far he will go. You know, he may quit. He may not. I don't know. But the longer it goes that I don't hear from him, the more leery I get, the more wary I get, the more I watch. That was Kathy and Nikki telling their stories to help others recognize, avoid, 
safely leave and heal from all the devious and dangerous people out there masquerading as lovers. The sponsor of today's show is Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense, and I am grateful to the main chapter of Moms Demand Action for all they are doing to protect Maine women and children from gun violence by angry family members. Two of the best books I have read recently about domestic violence is last year's No Visible Bruises by journalist Rachel Louise Snyder and the new memoir, Memorial Drive. The author of No Visible Bruises implicates guns as the number one contributor to women being killed by husbands and boyfriends. And in Memorial Drive, the author's mother is killed by the author's stepfather with a bullet to her head. If you listen to the stories of 29 survivors on our website, findingourvoices.net, you will hear guns running all through them. This radio show is just one of the ways that Finding Our Voices is breaking the silence of domestic abuse all over Maine. If you want to learn more about us, help bring our touring Let's Talk About It banner project to your town, or make a donation, visit our website at findingourvoices.net. And if what Kathy and Nikki and I were talking about sounds familiar, if there is someone in your home who makes you afraid or controls what you say or do, call the domestic abuse agency in your area. The advocates who answer the phone believe you and understand it. The phone number for the domestic violence hotline in Maine is one 866 834 help and remember love should feel good i always thought that you were strong but i was wrong that's me and i don't need your strength i've got my own you're a bully you're just a bully